Welcome to Ditch the Binge, the podcast where I help you stop binge eating and build a banging body image without having to obsessively track all your meals, be haunted by the scale, or waste another year of your life being controlled by how you look. If you are finally ready to end the war with food and body and grab life by the balls, you are in the right place. Secret eating. This is going to kind of tie into last week's episode on owning your crazy. So if you haven't listened to that, I would say go back and listen to it maybe after you finish this episode because they're just going to kind of come in and tie together nicely. And and that episode, I'll just give you a little you know, kind of summary of it before we dig into this week's episode. But that episode was really about, I mean, just as the title says, owning your crazy. So much of what we do in life, you think is weird. You think you must be the only one. You think you must be crazy for doing it. And by not owning it, by suffocating those parts of you that are quirky, that aren't perfect, that, you know, are different from Amanda on Instagram or whatever, are actually the things that make you the most interesting. And when we try and do all of this nonsense to fit in and look perfect and be perfect and uh, be happy and be thin and keep the perfect body and keep the perfect smile and keep the, like all of that, it really kind of dilutes who you are down. And then you just kind of become like everyone else. Those things that are weird, that are silly, that are dumb, that are embarrassing, that are funny, that are strange. Those are amazing things about you. Those are some of the most amazing things about you. And that episode is about really leaning into those idiosyncrasies and behaviors and just quirks that you have and really lighting them up. Like, let them be free for the world to see. Let your weird tastes and interests be known because they're interesting. Your interests are interesting, you know? So not shoving them down and and trying to be like everyone else you see, but instead leaning into it and, and owning that just crazy part of you. So on that, we're going to talk about secret eating. So what? How does secret eating and owning your crazy tie together? Well, by not owning your secret eating, what you're actually telling yourself is, this is horrible. I can't believe you're doing this. This is embarrassing. If anyone saw If anyone knew, they would be mortified. They would be, you know, they they wouldn't believe it. They'd be shocked to see that you ate this way. And that is very likely because you have come from an extremely strict or rigid or structured way of thinking and living and existing around food. In fact, I may go as far to say that you have kind of built an identity up around it. You may not relate to this, but you may. I know that this was part of my story 
was, you know, I had built up the identity that I was the healthy one. I was the fit one. I always chose the salad. I never got the bread. I always opted out my carbs for extra veggies. I never ate after dinner. I always got the leanest thing on the menu. I mean, whatever the the stereotypical healthy option was, was what I got. I mean, I remember the first time I went to a restaurant and I didn't order something off the salad section. My mind was blown. I I mean, it was the most freeing thing I had ever done. Not really, maybe ever in my life. (laughs) That might have been a little bit of an exaggeration, but it was good. I mean, it was like, holy shit, like I still can remember it. And there was some of that fear too of, oh my gosh, what if I actually get the fish and chips instead of the grilled Caesar? You know, there was an immense amount of relief and just like this exhale and this excitement and this fun and this freedom. But there was also some fear of what what do I do if I'm not that healthy? Who am I if I'm not the healthy one? Who am I if I'm not the person that always obsesses about food and calories? Right? So you may have built up an identity to be that person. And so for you to get the fish and chips or the bread bowl or the pasta or have some chocolate after dinner or decide at 8.30 p.m. you really want a hot fudge sundae and you go out and get it. Whereas before you did like none of those things. And in in fact, you sat on your hands fighting those urges. That takes a little bit of creating some trust and a couple just times of doing it to actually establish with yourself that it's safe to be this new version of you. So let me say that again, because there were a lot of words that just came out of my mouth. So this kind of shift, this kind of ownership over food in your body cannot just be done by changing your thoughts about food. This is the work that gets done by doing. You know, I would imagine again in your brain, there's a ton of fear of what are they going to think? What are they going to think if I get up and get another bowl? What are they going to think if they see me eating this sandwich? What are they going to think if they saw, you know, how my food really was versus I'm sure how they think I eat. And the truth is, they're probably not going to give a shit. (laughs) Really. Now, they may be surprised. They may be a little bit shocked. And what you're going to want to do is make it mean you're doing something wrong and you should be embarrassed and you should be ashamed and they're appalled. That is not the case. The case is very likely that they're just surprised. If you have established this way of being, existing, and eating for 5, 10, 20 years, and then all of a sudden you do something out of the blue, guess what? It's going to probably be a little bit surprising, right? I remember when I started ordering the pizza or the steak or the meatloaf or not running in the morning or just doing these different things, and there was the reaction of, 
what? You're not going to get the salad? You're not going to go running? And I wanted to make it mean in that moment, oh, Renee, you're such a letdown. You've really failed. You've really screwed this up. You could be eating healthy. You could be exercising. And look at you. You're not. And instead, I started leaning into it and owning it. Yeah, you're right. I know. (laughs) Normally, I would totally get the salad and chicken, right? Yeah, no, I'm just like so hungry today and I really want this. This sounds so good. I I can't wait to eat it. It's going to be so satisfying. Or yeah, I know. I didn't bring my running shoes. I just I just kind of want to chill. I just yeah, it's different, right? Huh, funny. Sometimes I just change my mind. It's really not a big deal. But the first time, the first handful of times we do anything, it feels extremely uncomfortable. Those first couple of times that you get up in front of your partner, if they've only seen you snack on carrot sticks and celery or whatever, and you get up and get yourself a bowl of ice cream or a second bowl of ice cream, they may say something and you have a choice. And it really does come down to this. You have the choice of, okay, I get to make this mean they think I'm fat and disgusting and have no control and I've totally let myself go. Or they're just commenting on what I'm doing. They're just like, oh, you're getting ice cream? Yeah, I am. You want some? It's my second bowl. It's so good. I love it. Loving it up. So amazing. That's it. And then the second, third, fourth time you do that, guess what? Not only are they getting used to you doing it, you're getting used to you doing it. And the real kicker, the real just cherry on top with all of this food stuff is the less you care, the less of a big deal eating is, the less you do it in a crazy chaotic way. Right? The tighter you try to cling to this perfect way of eating, the more out of control you are going to feel. And this is the part that I work with a ton, every single one of my clients on, right? Is because there's this block between, Renee, you're insane. If I let myself eat what I want, I will never stop eating and I'll be 500 pounds by next Tuesday. I thought the same thing. Everyone thinks it. It's not weird. You're normal, and that's why you get stuck and get and, and have been in this exhausting relationship with food and body for so long. And this is also why my clients always say, whoa, this is so much more than food. This is my relationship with my partner. This is how I show up to work. This is my confidence in my relationships. This is everything. Because it is about you feeling confident in all that you do. But especially around food, because there is literally nothing you can do with your food that is wrong, and you just can't mess it up. Like, it's literally just food. Guess what? You eat too much? Okay, you're probably going to be full for a while. You don't get enough? Guess what? You can get more later. Like, really, that is the truth, and depending on where you're at in your relationship with food, some of those comments may make you want to punch me in the face because you're like, it's not just food, and I get it. I completely, utterly, totally get it. 
when you've been dieting, restricting, binging, eating all the food, eating none of the food, doing it right, doing it wrong. It is never just food. It is never just pizza. It is never just another bowl of ice cream. It is like life or death. It is like I'm doing it really good or I've completely let myself go. And with owning your secret eating, quote unquote, owning it, you are deciding, you know what? I'm done with that. I'm allowed to eat whenever and whatever I want. And another reason it's so important to own your secret eating is because that secret eating is often what kicks off the binge eating. I've talked about this back in some of my earlier episodes. So if you haven't started from the beginning, I 100% suggest that you start there. I dig into kind of some of the nitty gritty in those earlier episodes. So make sure you just start back at one. But when you are secret eating, what often happens is that you go in and you're like, okay, my like nobody's home, nobody's here. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna have these handful of chocolate chips really quickly. Like I'm just, I know I shouldn't be doing this. I just had a big dinner. I have no reason to be hungry, but I'm just gonna, I just need a little chocolate. So I'm just gonna have this handful of chocolate chips really quick. So you have the handful of chocolate chips. You like barely even chew them because you're just like, get it in my mouth. And then what? And then you're thinking, oh my God, I just, maybe just a little bit more, just a little bit more. I just didn't quite get enough and I just need a little bit more. And then you go in and you have another handful. And then that's usually when the fuck it. I can't believe I just ate two handfuls of chocolate chips. What's wrong with me? I screwed up today. I'm just going to finish off that stupid bag so they get out of the house. And then you go into like binge eating territory, right? It is often our judgment of emotional eating that leads you then into the complete and utterly out of control cycle of binge eating. When you own what you're eating, when you release that control, when you really fully grasp that nothing you can do with your food is wrong, you stop sneaking around. You stop tiptoeing into the kitchen. You put it in a freaking bowl. <laughs> like, I know, right? Like you don't just eat out of the ice cream thing hoping that nobody notices the bites that you took or you take like a really sliver piece of pie that you go back for 15 times and then before you know it, you've eaten a third of the pie and you're like, damn, I thought I was taking really little pieces and now it's a third of the pie gone. Those are things that I used to do thinking that nobody's going to know. And you know what I really needed to do? Put the pie on a damn plate, put some whipped cream on it, and sit at the table and eat it unapologetically. Leaning into, yeah, I do want this pie. It's so good. Because when you own what you're afraid of, it no longer controls you. Now, I want to I talk about one other little topic here. This is something that I was recently talking to a client of mine, and she also happens to be a mindset coach. So she's pretty hip to the thought work. She's pretty hip to the work that I do, and she's, you know, she's very self-aware. She's very smart. And 
you know, she's like, oh, I just, I don't know what my partner's going to think when he sees me eating these things. And I made the suggestion that I'm going to give that I'm, the reason I'm telling you this is to give you this suggestion too, is that depending on the relationship with your person, whether you live with a sister, a parent, a partner, a roommate, whatever, you can disclose as much or as little as you want with them. Sometimes I have found at certain situations in the past where I would just name it, where I'd be like, are you judging me? Or I'm worried that you're judging me for this um, second bowl of cereal. Or, you know what? Like, I'd kind of make it light or, or a joke. Like, oh, gosh, I have all these crazy thoughts right now that, like, I'm doing something bad because I wanted a second bowl of cereal because I'm still hungry. You know, I would just vocalize it and say, like, I'm feeling this way because. And when I suggested that to her, she said, you know, I don't want to say, I don't want to do that because I don't want him to need to change so I can feel better. Beautiful. See, I told you she's super smart. She's very onto herself. And so if that, if you don't want to do that too, then that's when you get to come back to you, to yourself and continually work on taking that full ownership of whatever you end up doing which is again why this extends far beyond the food, far beyond your body. It is literally how you show up to your life. It is making decisions with absolute confidence in yourself. Knowing that not everyone's going to agree, not everyone's going to get it, and guess what? It doesn't matter. And you are going to get stronger and stronger and better and better at this every single time that you do it. So if there are treats in the break room, because I know the holidays are here and this is something I used to do too. When I, you know, there'd be all these cookie trays in the break room and I'd be like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm going to have this salad with hard boiled eggs and vegetables and I don't need that right now. And then I would wait till everyone cleared out and then I would like literally put them in my pockets. Like I would put them in my pockets because I felt so ashamed by wanting to eat some cookies because I was living in such extremes with food. Whereas like I never just, I can never just eat one. I eat 17. But the reason I could never just eat one is because the whole time I was eating the one, I was thinking I shouldn't be eating this. And as I mentioned before, when you think that, when you're judging yourself, that just throws you right into binge territory. If you want the cookies, eat the cookies. Or if you know you want the cookie, but you don't want it right now, guess what? You can put it in your bag and eat it later. Or you don't get them at all, and you know you're going to go to the store and buy your favorite cookie after work because you're feeling all the feels at work and you just don't feel like you can, you know, work through the emotions and it's just too much. So you're like, you know what? I'm going to treat myself after work, go get my own damn cookie and enjoy it. But I want to repeat again, nothing you do with your food is wrong. When you eat it, own it. And notice when you slip back into that secret eating, And you're going to know, right? You get tense, your heart rate goes up, you're looking around. It's like you're being, oh, you're being hunted. 
right? When that starts to come up, maybe you don't eat it right then. Maybe that is when you wrap it up and put it in your bag and you're like, whoa, I'm feeling a lot of emotions around this. I'm going to wait. I definitely want to eat this because this looks good, but not right now. Like I got, my emotions are so high. Like I can't even feel my breath. So I'm going to wrap this up and I'm going to save it for later. When you do this, when you really regain that trust with yourself, when you truly start to believe that there's no need to control your food, that, that it's safe, that it's just food, that is when you are able to actually listen to your body. I know it feels like you're worried that the other person is judging you. You're worried what the other person might be thinking. But the only reason you're actually worried about that is because you're judging you. What that's kind of turning a spotlight on is, oh, I clearly still have some food stuff. I clearly still have some judgments here on my own food. It isn't that they're judging me, it's that I'm judging me. And calling yourself on that and noticing where that comes up. Like, oh, I still think eating dessert after dinner is bad. And it's not bad, it's not good, it's not right, it's not wrong. It's, it's food. Again, no such thing as good or bad or right or wrong. It's just food. What do you want to go with? What do you want to take ownership of? Because the the truth is, the, the truth here is that like sometimes eating the chocolate cake after dessert isn't going to be the best decision for you. And sometimes it is. And if you are living in this land of trying to adhere to everyone else's rules of how you should eat and how your body should look, you are going to feel constantly insane because some days the best option is to eat the dessert and some days it's not. And the secret to your freedom, which isn't a secret at all, is getting clear on what you want for you. You know, when you're coming from years of restriction and deprivation and dieting and binge eating and disordered eating and all of the things, you know, it, this, this can be kind of challenging because it's kind of the opposite, the complete opposite of what you've been told for your, half your life. And it really does feel wrong. It feels like someone's telling you to go drive your car down the wrong way up all of one ways. You're like, I would never do that. Why would I ever do that? That's obviously a bad idea. But asking yourself, looking at your past, looking at your history with food, is is that way of thinking, is categorizing my food as good or bad, is constantly trying to lose weight, is constantly trying to control my food, is constantly trying to restrict myself, is that working? Can I continue to do that? And if the answer is no, then the next part of the equation is to decide what you want to believe. Decide what you want to now think about food and your body and eating a snack or having a donut in the break room. And it's committing to that. Committing to that just one meal 
one day at a time. This is another thing I see pop up a lot is, well, if I eat this donut in the break room, now this just means that I'm never going to stop eating donuts every single time they're here. I'm always like, I can't keep doing this. I can't eat donuts every single time they're in the break room. (laughs) And you just like go for the rest of your life. You're like, well, I just, now I'm going to always eat the donuts. And that's not true. That's not true. Staying in the day. Like, Does the donut sound good? If it does, eat the damn donut. If it doesn't, don't eat the donut. Okay? Lean into that secret eating. When you notice it popping up, call yourself on it and do something different. There is nothing you have to be ashamed of around food. All right, my friends. Thank you for being here, and I will see you all next week. I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here and listening and taking time to let me into your little ear holes. It means the world to me. It would also mean the world to me if you would just take a hot little second and subscribe to the show and leave a review. This helps other people who have been where you're at or are currently where you're at find this podcast. And that is the greatest gift you could give to me. Thanks for hanging in there.